1: Today, our guest is Will Harvey. Thanks for being on the show, Will. Yep. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Honored to be here. Will is a partner in a syndication group called CEO Capital Partners, as well as the host of the Wealth Junkies podcast. His background is in lending, and he recently left a high-paying role in that space to focus full-time on growing the podcast and the company. Before all of this, He was strung out on drugs and alcohol and hit rock bottom in late 2012 before getting sober. So, Will, I'm thankful, and I know the listeners are as well, that that you were able to get sober. So many people are not able, and and it's a horrible thing. But I'm thankful for for your success through that and what you've accomplished since then and look forward to seeing just more success from you and your all's group. I know your other team members pretty well, and they're just some great people. But, Will, tell the listeners a little more about who you are and what your focus is right now, and let's jump in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like, like you said, I got sober back early, early 2013. It was a total God thing. I'm a Christian, and you know, the stars kind of aligned for that, and it was, it was really, really cool how that happened. And God worked some awesome, awesome things in my life, and you know, basically smacked me upside the head. So after that, I, I got real focused and, and walked onto a football team in a college in Ohio. I played football there until I had double hip surgery, and that's when I came home again and I got into the mortgage business. So a family friend got me started doing that. And it was either between that or starting as a realtor. And I chose the mortgage route. So sat for about 13 months, learned the business and really processed loans, did grunt work. And I hated every second of it, but it was good to, to just get me to learn what I was doing and know what to, to to say to people and and all of that. So so after that I got out into sales and the first year I I just kind of ate slept and would breathe mortgages and I had a had a decent first year, made good money and bought some houses and next year, you know, did even better, improved on the year before and I started hating it <laughs> because I felt like a hamster on a wheel. It was kind of the worst of both worlds if you will because I was W2 So I wasn't able to itemize anything on my taxes. I wasn't able to write off anything. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act got rid of unreimbursed business expense for W-2 employees. So that was gone. And at the same time, I'm 100% commissioned. So that's kind of the worst of both worlds. So... And then a few things happened, rates rose, and I just realized how how people just were not loyal at all. And I was basically just a commodity. The mortgage business is very commoditized these days. You know, I'm sure people have seen ads online for for rocket mortgage saying just just call our eight hundred number and get a mortgage or all that. So so I knew that the business was shifting and at the same time I felt like a, a hamster on a wheel and that I wasn't building any wealth other than the real estate that I was buying. So from there i decided that i was going to somehow get out of it and i did that from from learning learning about syndication learning about apartments multifamily was what i gravitated towards because i had a had a background i had a few houses at that time so i understood tenants and just how that all worked and that's i kind of set my sights on on leaving and just educating myself at that point
1: Nice. So, but wait a minute, you know, you you had a, it was a W-2, it was commission. However, you said you were a high income earner. But you still left it. So you could go do this real estate thing. You know, I I mean, people, you know, called me crazy for wanting to do that. You know, now I wonder, you know, tell me about your your transition there and, and, you know, just how you developed the comfort level to actually leave that W-2. Because I know there's a lot of listeners who are in the same shoes.
0: Oh, yeah. My boss thought I was, I I had relapsed and that I was back on drugs. when I (laughs) I told him that, because I told him about a year before I left, that was my plan. I didn't want to blindside him or anything. So I I told him that I was going to phase out and he kind of thought I was on drugs and told me I was crazy. <laughs> and, and a lot of other people told me that, that it was a, a crazy idea too. But I'm really glad I did it. And you asked how I prepared. Is that right?
1: Yes. How did you have the confidence to do that? Even though, you know, all these people are saying, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're doing something wrong here, Will.
0: So I started talking to people and that's that's the thing is that I was initially asking the wrong people for advice. I was asking unqualified people for advice when I shouldn't have. So so anybody that's listening, don't ask somebody for advice if they're not in a position to give it. Like if you see someone that's worked a job for 40 years and been in the same place and been pretty stagnant, they're probably not the person to ask about leaving a job. So that's my advice and that's what I did wrong. I was just asking the wrong people for advice and they'd tell me, no, you shouldn't do that. And to be honest, if I would have gotten good advice from the start, I probably would have left a lot sooner. So to build the confidence, what I did was I kept my expenses very low. So they've always they've always been been really low, even as my income has has went up. Kept my expenses pretty low. So that was one thing that that keep you know I have no kids at this point. I don't have a wife. Both of those things are very expensive. I've heard. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was able to do that and i also padded my my savings account and just just made sure to to have some some rainy day money in the bank so that's what gave me the confidence and i knew i had
1: the entrepreneurial spirit to get out there and you know not sink when i left the job tell me about You know, when you said you were asking the wrong people for advice and you got, you have to know who you need to speak to, right? You need to know who those mentors need to be, but tell me, you know, maybe tell me a little about that person that you found that started giving you good advice and you don't have to tell me who they are, but, but just like, who is that? Like, is that somebody who is very successful business owner? Maybe they were already successful in real estate. Maybe they were, I don't know, just a father figure to you. What made them stand out as that person that was, you know, the right one to give you the advice to make this happen?
0: yeah absolutely so there was one guy that i knew he's local to to me up in northern virginia and a family friend known him a long long time he's a buddy of my dad's and just have known his family forever i'm talking to him and he developed a he pretty much went all in on it was a self-storage facility in 2000. So it was a long time ago. And it was in an area that wasn't that developed. And he just, he kind of knew that it was going to be developed. And it was just a grand slam home run. And he sold it a few years ago. And he, he just, he was pretty much retired at a, at a very, very young age and just, just very entrepreneurial. And he told me, he told me that he, he thought the idea was great he thought it was an awesome idea to leave my job and and of course he did because he's an entrepreneur and he did the same thing so there was him and there were a few other people that I probably will miss but one other person that I was talking to they weren't even really an entrepreneur they worked at a like I said I was in the mortgage business they were at a title company and I remember I was at some event And I was, I was telling them what I was thinking about doing. I was thinking about leaving the business and that a lot of other people had told me I was crazy. I told her that. And she said, well, you know what, when people say that an idea is crazy, that usually means it's a good one. (laughs) So that was, that was really encouraging to hear.
1: So how, how did you find that first individual? I knew him. He was a family friend. Yeah. Okay. So
0: okay. W- once I started with all this and had it in my head, you know, real estate property, I, I took him out to lunch and asked him about just how debt worked and, and commercial debt and all that stuff and how he bought that, that self-storage place. And yeah, so he gave me great advice.
1: So how did you know that you could support yourself? Like you leave the W-2, you know, you have some income, you have good income, you said, you know, how how do you know you can support yourself to go off and do this, start to grow this other business?
0: Yeah. So, so part of it was a burn the ships approach for sure. But at the same time, leading up to me leaving, it was, I was very blessed because rates dropped. I was able to refi one of the properties I owned and shave a a bunch off the monthly payments. That was nice. And then I had a couple properties that I that are in just rapidly appreciating areas and I was able to raise rent on a couple of them. So it was kind of the perfect storm of refining a, a property, doing a rate term refi and and lowering the the monthly payment and also raising rent on a few properties that I own outright. And I also have invested passively in an apartment deal. So I had that and then you know everything that our our company is is doing we're we're very new so there's you know we're relatively new to all that but still there's income from there and and that's just i i kind of again it was a burn the ships approach and i just knew that i was resourceful enough to 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 make it work
1: so tell me now about you know how you jumped into growing starting and growing a business you know that you know, you're leaving the W-2. So obviously, you know, I love the burn the ship's approach and, and that acronym or that, uh, that analogy. So, you know, tell me about how you transitioned to, to start to so you know you're going to be successful in growing this business. You know, I'm leaving the W-2 right into that. What, what were some things you were working on or had to do to make that happen?
0: Yeah, so at the very beginning of last year, or at the late 2018, I got linked up with, like you said, Brandon and Stuart, and we just kind of hit it off right off the bat. Brandon and I had known each other from high school, Stuart coached me in Little League football a long time ago. So we we knew each other there, but hadn't really talked in a while, in years. But we reconnected when I saw that they were looking for multifamily deals. And we came together and there was a, a property early last year that we had our LOI accepted. My group was gonna help raise capitals, myself and two others that I had. And Brandon Stewart had found the deal, they were gonna raise money as well. So we were gonna partner on that and just JV it. But long story short, the deal, we ended up killing it. It was a 48 unit property. The current owners were, we found out were running it as a motel, or I'm sorry, it was zoned as a motel but they were operating it as a market rate apartment. So it was a big, big no-no. We would have had to change the zoning and we just weren't weren't gonna do that. So killed that deal. And then we really didn't have anything on the horizon, but we all had worked really well together leading up to that. So we just all decided to, to kind of merge and form the new company, which is CEO Capital Partners. That was, I would say, to answer your question there, I knew I had great partners and them, and that all of us kind of put our brains together. It was me and two others and then Brandon and Stuart. So now the five of us putting our brains together has been really special and really, really cool.
1: Nice. So tell me some things you've learned about, you know, joining in a, in a partnership like that. I think it's the whole Bill Belichick,
0: do your job thing. You know, everybody has a, a different role and, and they all bring something different to the table. So that's really the, it's identifying what you bring to the table and maybe what you don't bring to the table, what you're not so good at, and how you can find a partner to to offset that. For instance, we started a, uh, a podcast, Wealth Junkies, and starting out, you know, I've, I've never been a big Facebook guy, big social media guy. And Stuart's like, dude, you kind of need to do all this if you want to have a successful podcast. So Brandon and I talked. Brandon's like, look, I'll I'll take the lead on that. I'll kind of be at the forefront of all the social media stuff. You just kind of be in the background, be the hype man, comment on some things here and there. And and that's what we did. And and it's been it's been great. You know, I'm not out of my element doing a ton of social media stuff. And but at the same time, we all have a role in the podcast. And and everything else that we're doing in our in our business.
1: What are some other ways that you all are are focused on to help grow your business right now? Right now, we're really putting a lot of
0: time and effort into the podcast at the moment. So we we got to the point where we had done a few deals, we had partnered on on a few deals, we were able to raise some capital and go in as co sponsors on a few few different deals. But then we realized that we just needed to to build a bigger platform to reach a, a bigger audience. So that's when we kind of took a step back. We we're like, let's pump the brakes. Let's focus on this. And it'll allow us to to propel a lot further.
1: I know there's, there's listeners who are debating about starting a podcast or they've just started one. I mean, I get calls every week about how to start a podcast, You know, how we've been successful podcasting, especially doing as many shows as we do. And know you all are also doing a lot of shows. And, and so you know, give a couple of tips that you all learned in, in just being successful in promoting your podcast.
0: Yeah, sure. So one thing we did that was, that was really helpful was leading up, I mean, people say, I want to start a podcast. And we, you know, we said that Brandon had the bright idea to do it daily. He was inspired by you and Joe Fairless. So thank you so much, Whitney, for creating so much work for us and making us do a daily show. <laughs> now, just kidding. But what we realized leading up to launching was that there are so many moving parts that we just, had no idea about yeah people think you know you just start a podcast throw it out there and and that's that but there's so many moving parts behind the scenes so leading up we were just like we're not ready we need to hire a consultant or something so that's exactly what we did we we hired a very very helpful consultant his name was uh juergen burkessel uh, with polymash and he helped us it was night and day he helped us understand SEO and just how to get at the top of the search results. And that was, that was instrumental. So luckily we had some capital behind it. So that was what helped us be able to do that. So
1: I think it's great advice because there are so many moving parts that when you're just listening to the podcast, you know, at the gym or, You know, whatever on your way to work, like you just have no idea how much work goes into producing something like this, especially this many shows a month, and 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 so that's awesome. We all should get together sometime and talk about the war stories of a daily podcast. Oh man, we
0: could we could uh, talk for days about it.
1: But hiring a consultant, like I didn't do that as far that was just focused on podcasting. You know, and I can obviously I can look back now, and uh, you know I I could have probably you know skipped a lot of hard lessons. You know, as far as specifically in podcasting, I mean, I had a coach in real estate and other things. I mean, I'm a strong believer in having a mentor and, and even many mentors, but you know, as far as in podcasting, that would have been so helpful. So but what was a you know a couple of key things that, that we need to know if we're fixing to start a podcast or, or maybe if we've already started one yeah so I would work
0: on however, and this is less of like i said brandon brandon does the social media. This is the part that I just absolutely hate, but it's it 's very necessary is how are you going to deliver all the different content, how are you going to de- deliver it to all the different mediums you know how are you going to deliver it to twitter facebook linkedin instagram there, there's so much and if, if you 're doing a daily show and are making posts daily, you know we 're making multiple posts a day. How are you going to do all that without driving yourself insane? So we got turned on to this platform where you can it, it essentially syndicates it out to all those different places, and it has a built in SEO score analyzer where you can see the the, the SEO and and how how well it's going to do with search results, and you can kind of tweak things. So I would say that that was probably the biggest. That's probably the biggest piece.
1: Can you share what that platform is, or that you all found useful? It's called Story Chief. Story Chief. Okay, we've looked at different ones and have done different things, but that's interesting. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's Uh, been
0: it's been night um, and day. It's been very helpful. We just love it, and it makes our life a lot easier.
1: Any other ways as far as branding that you can help the listener you know that's that's getting started and maybe they're thinking about a podcast, but maybe there's other things that that they need to have in place you know they're they're fixing to leave their w two or they're wanting to, and they're trying to get their business off the ground you know it's a couple of things that you've learned and that they need to know. I would just start telling people start start taking people out to lunch that I had success with that when I was starting
0: out. Just get kind of a mini following if you will start start telling people what you 're doing you know get get belly to belly as they say over over lunch and learn about them, ask questions, tell them what they 're doing, get advice you know get seek advice from some trusted individuals that you know and and trust, and in doing so they 're going to see what you 're doing and, and maybe help you and point you in the right direction hmm. So that's what I did. And I, not everybody does that, but, but that's what worked for me.
1: Your network is so important. And a little food doesn't hurt anything, right? <laughs> that's right. I try not to
0: be salesy in anything I do. I've always, eaten, when I was in the mortgage business, I hated being called a salesman. So, and I hated coming across that way. So, I was always cognizant of that and, and respecting people's time. But if I'm offering to pay for lunch, I feel like <laughs> I'm a lot more confident asking for a meeting.
1: Yeah. So Will, what's been the hardest part of this syndication journey for you? I think for me, it's
0: probably been adapting to using social media and all of that stuff because I, I'm a pretty under the radar type of person. That's, that's just how I've been for, for a long time. So I, I'm still not fully comfortable doing it. I've gotten a lot better. You won't see me making any Facebook Live videos or anything like that anytime soon unless it's our podcast, I'm more comfortable there. But, you know, when, when people are driving, making Facebook live videos, you won't see me doing that anytime soon. So I think the biggest piece has been that, and just recognizing that you kind of, you kind of have to do some of it, or you at least have to have somebody on your team. That's going to, you know, do that side of things.
1: Yeah. I don't plan to do any Facebook lives while I'm driving. I mean, that's kind of giving somebody solid evidence that you're distracted driving, right? I think Stewart has done that. So maybe we should uh get on him about that. <laughs> so how's your how are you or or your, your team prepared for this potential downturn that's coming? That everybody's saying is coming anyway.
0: Yeah, so we're we're being real real selective. Obviously deals are are super super tight, super hard to come by. Cap rates are are so compressed right now, it seems seems like a lot of people are overpaying for for what they're buying. What we're doing is just being really really picky and also identifying good partners that we know like and trust to work with. So that's been the main main thing is just, just staying really cautiously optimistic, I think is is, is the mindset that, that we have right now.
1: What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? I'm trying to think of one
0: that's not starting a podcast. That's really the biggest thing, and you know, we've gotten we've gotten some inquiries. We've gotten a lot of even in we've we've only been launched for about a, a little over a month, and we've already seen the 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 value and, and power in it. So good. I think I'm going to
1: have to say that. <laughs> awesome. And so tell me your your best advice for caring for an investor so they want to come back to the next opportunity. Just being very transparent
0: with everything you're doing. Resp- being very responsive whether it's you or someone on your team just have a have a system in place so that they're responded to very quickly and be available to them or at least have someone on your team who's who's available to them i've found that we've had success with that we've had a few challenging investors that you know will will nitpick a, a, some of the details and they're entitled to do that they're 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 putting up a lot of hard earned money so we've just dealt with that by being very responsive and being you know being an open book essentially just explaining everything on the front end so that there's no questions down the road what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success uh, that's a good question i would say it is talking to people and hearing their stories so when i when i was first getting started in the mortgage business leading up to when i left the mortgage business, I would constantly be trying to meet with people and just get me to get them to tell their stories to me because I, I just got so much value in that. And it really breaks the ceiling off of any limiting beliefs that you put on yourself. And, and, and I would see that person say, yeah, we, you know, we did this volume then next year we doubled and tripled. and It was just like, wow, man, if they could do it, then, then I can too. So that's been very, very valuable to me is just talking to people and hearing
1: their stories. Wow. Uh, and so I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's, yeah, your network is so important and, and that the counsel you receive. So, you know, tell me how you like to give back. My mom and dad started an orphanage in Haiti about 12 years ago, it was
0: 2008. And I, I go there. I just, just, as this is recorded, I recently got back from there. And I support them financially, and also with with my time and, and going to Haiti. So wow. that's that's what I love.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm grateful for your family, how they give back in that way, and 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 building. I mean, moving somewhere like that, building an orphanage, caring for uh, you know lots of other people like that. I mean, that's just a servant heart right there, and uh, very grateful for that and for what you all are doing. Well, you know, thank you for you know walking us through how you you know left your W two job and and really just like you said, burned the ships and and you know committed to this real estate business and why you wanted to do that and, and a little about your team and your all's progress and your growth and how you've done that is amazing. So thank you for for sharing that. Uh, tell the listeners though how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, thanks
0: so much, Whitney, for having me on the show. Listeners can get in touch by going to our listening to our podcast. It's just called Wealth Junkies. So they can check that out on Stitcher, Apple, wherever they listen to. And they can also email me, will at wealthjunkies.com.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.